All right. Um, and today we're gonna we're gonna carry on with our uh, study of um, these passages of ordinary time, if you will. Um, and, and today we we, we we come to a very interesting one. Um, it's a story found in, in in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter sixteen. Um, and as most stories in in in, in this gospel, there's this also. Um, um, uh, and, uh, a story, like a narration, uh, a different version, if you will. Another version, let's call it, in, in the Gospel of Mark. Um, so we're, we are going to refer to both to both uh, texts, but we are going to anchor ourselves in the Gospel of, of Matthew today. It's just, just Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read from, from verses 13 down to 20. Um, so again, that's Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 down to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but rather by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosened on heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Uh, and there's there's um, there's a lot to unpack there, um, and and of course we we don't have time to go through all the the little details uh, there, nor do we have the 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 time, I guess, to to address all the different uh, sites and controversies that could come up with a, with a verse like this. Uh, so, so we're gonna. I'm gonna focus, I guess, in uh, in in, uh, in certain parts of it that I found particularly interesting, because Jesus here is asking his disciples the the most important questions that they're question that they're gonna need to answer, uh, because the answer of this question, whatever way in which they they answer that question, or the people around them, or us, is gonna determine the way in which we're gonna live our lives. That ultimately is gonna determine what we mean when we say that we follow Jesus. <clears throat> of course, the, the answer is obvious, and, and Peter, <clears throat> we will say, is right. And of course, he's right here. And next week, we're going to see how, how the many times, times that he gets it wrong. And Peter gets it right. He responds, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, really, you can't be too surprised of, P of Peter's response. Uh, with all that he has experienced. Peter has observed the, observed the healings of mercy since the beginning of Jesus' ministry. <clears throat> he has heard sermons about justice, but he's also seen justice enacted. He's tasted bread has been mirac miraculously multiplied at least twice at this point. He has been saved by the waters when Jesus was standing on water. And at that point, they already professed that Jesus was the Son of God. Now imagine this, the way in which Peter has experienced Jesus. He has, he has seen it, he has heard it, he has, he has tasted, he has touched this reality 
with his own experience, with his own flesh and blood, Peter has learned about Jesus. <clears throat> now, the most important aspect of this, of this text, of course, is not, is not that Peter has understood these things, but rather that, that, that what, what he was, has understood. Um, they have understood that Jesus is not only a prophet. And, and I like how they say, oh, you're Jeremiah, or, or maybe one of the other prophets, kind of like, you know, just in case, you know, it's not like multiple answer, like multiple uh, option kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you're Jeremiah, maybe one of the other, you know, like he, they're kind of trying to cover all their, their, their bases, their, their bases there. <clears throat> but they have understood that Jesus is more than that. He's more than one of the prophets, as the people, as they say it, um, when Jesus asks, um, respond. Now, uh, language here is, 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 um, is, is interesting. Because, um, as I said, this story is found in Matthew and Mark, and they're slightly different. They both happen in Caesarea Philippi, and that's important, or in the area of Caesarea Philippi, and that's important um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, so keep that in mind. Uh, but but what the text is saying is that Jesus was asking. It's, it's an active birth. He he, con he was continuously asking as they got they were in this area of Caesarea Philippi. He, they were continue. He was continuously asking, "What do who do they think he is?" It was not a one time question, but it's a it's a constant question that that they go and and, and that's interesting because so Mark puts it in, in the context of the way, the way that Mark would put it is that Jesus was asking them who people say that I am as they were on the way in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Matthew, on the other hand, places as they get to Caesarea Philippi, he places, he, he starts to begin to, to, to ask. Now, this, this is interesting because that is a question that, they, that, that Jesus keeps on asking constantly because it's, an, it's a constant response that the disciples need to give. See, this, this whole fellowship of Jesus, this, this go walking in Jesus' way, it's not a one-time thing where you're like, okay, yes, I'm going to follow, I'm going to go, and that's it. But with every step, with every decision, in every situation, we need to go back to that cliche phrase, if you will, of what would Jesus do? It's not just a mental thing, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna follow Jesus, and then just kind of blindly go. But like at every turn, at every step, we have to make this conscious decision to live the way in which Jesus shows us. And that's what Mark interesting puts it puts it in the way as they're walking, as they're going in this way that later the, the Bible will refer to as being a Christian. And the in the in the book of Acts, that's kind of the way that that the, the shorthand, if you will disciples use for, for being a follower of Jesus, being a follower of, of the way. So as they're going on the way, they're, they're required to ask or, or to ask once and once, once and time again, who do people say that I am? But most importantly, who do you say I am? See, because as Peter <clears throat> has seen, has experienced, that is his personal experience. No one else can claim that experience. None of the other disciples, not John, can't, not not. not Judah, no, none of them can say, "Oh, yeah, because we saw this, or because we, we, you know, we saw what you did with Peter." Now we believe they have to have their own experience. So that's what is interesting about the way in which uh, Jesus asks. <clears throat> so Peter will respond, "You are the Son of God." 
And this truth is significant because it means, among other things, that, that everything the disciples have experienced with Jesus, everything, everything they have learned from this Messiah through their limited senses, is not simply knowledge or, or, or experience that, that has been revealed through, their, through the blood. It's in, but it is, in fact, revelation from, from God. Uh, their human senses are, are uh, and experience are, are in, in, imperfect, but God's revelation is not limited to that imperfection. Um, Jesus' own Father in heaven has revealed the truth to the words and deeds of, of Jesus. And this is where it gets interesting, because whatever Jesus reveals is what God reveals. Whatever God reveals is what Jesus reveals. Peter and the disciples receive God revelation through their experiences. Of this Messiah. Now, why is it interesting that this question is asked in the area of Caesarea Philippi? Caesarea Philippi <clears throat> is, is, is a is a is a city just outside the region of Galilee, which is where most of Jesus's ministry takes place. Um, in, in, in it's particular, and it's interesting that the both Gospels put this conversation as they get to Caesarea Philippi, um, because it, it almost puts it in contrast with... I feel that Jesus is asking this so they can understand the nature of the kingdom of God. So Caesarea Philippi is, is named after, after Caesar. Caesarea is the city of Caesar. Caesar Philip, one of the one of uh, uh, Caesar's uh, sons. Now, historians tell us that actually Caesarea Philippi is the city where the troops, <clears throat> where the troops that 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 came down upon Jerusalem, and 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 destroyed the temple in seven uh, in the year seventy. That's where they 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 were, they had their quarters. So that they they came to Jerusalem, they did all that they did, and they returned to Caesarea Philippi. And of course, that destruction that happens before this gospel is written. So, so when they're when they're when the 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 readers of the first century hear Caesarea Philippi, they has they have this this understanding of what that means. That is when that is where Rome's military power dwell. Caesarea Philippi is is located in this um <clears throat> in this um. Uh, trade route in 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 that time. So so it's a city that has benefited, has grown, and has developed um, because it had been been strategically built in the mid in the middle of this trade route, uh, very important for that time. So you know travelers and and traders and, and business people will have to go through the Sierra Philippi as they as they uh, move around and, and and you know of course there was there was commerce and and and, and why not? There's 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 a cave. Uh, there that has spring, um, <clears throat> yeah, spring that um, that is one of the actual sources of the Jordan River. Um, and, and in this cave, um, there there's been inscriptions found through one of the Greek gods Pan, uh, and other rocks and other gods, and there's still and those inscriptions. They're still they're still there. So Jesus' question, who do people say that I am, couldn't come in a more pointed place. Caesarea Philippi for this region of the world represents the, the alignment, if you will, the, 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 the confluence 
of all the powers of that time. It's a rich city because of all the trade that goes through. It's a powerful city because of the, the way that the, the, the Roman army kind of had settled in it. It's named after the Roman emperor. It's built in his honor. And it worships the pagan gods of the day. And in that setting, in that context, Jesus asks his disciples, who am I? As you contrast me, what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've tasted, what you've felt, to all that the world has to offer, money, power, prestige, violence, death. Who am I? And I think as followers of Jesus, that is the question that we need to be answering in our time. Because ultimately, that same model, that same reality, if you will, that the world offers is what stands in, in contrast to the kingdom of God. When Jesus asks them, who do you say I am? He's not looking for theological answers. He's not looking for, for spiritual, emotional agreement. He's asking about allegiance. Who are you going to align with? The powers that are represented in Caesarea Philippi or this lowly Galilean peasant that talks about love and peace and mercy. See this, who, who do you say I am? It's not a, it's not a quiz. You know, all that, see if you've been paying attention in Sunday school, so you, know, you can say the right term. No, no, he's, he's asking about something more much more important. So when, when Peter responds, you are the Messiah, he's aligning himself with the kingdom. He's rejecting the powers of the world represented as the Philippi. And in his way, what he's learned, what he's seen, what he's experienced, in his way, in his experience, I've called him to say, no, I'm going to align with you. So that's what's significant. When... when <clears throat> When, when, when Jesus responds, and in that truth, and in that response is that my church will be built. And those that align themselves with the kingdom of God that stands opposite to the powers of the world. That is what my church is going to be like. See, when Jesus says and the gates of Hades will not stand against it, he's talking about the gates of the city. Because the city is powerful and as rich and important, as impressive as it may be, cannot withstand the soft, subtle, gentle power of the kingdom that is to come.
that is Peter's answer. Based on his own experience. So I think the question for us today is, <clears throat> as we follow this way, as we face the powers of the world, the riches, and the armies, the wealth, the, the flashes, the, all that sparkle. As we face that in, 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 our, in, our, in, our, in our in our lives, in our days after in the days, Jesus keeps on asking you, who do you asking us, sorry, who do you say I am? Because our answer matters. Because our answer is going to determine which path we're going to follow. Because our answer to that question determines which reality we live in. The reality of Caesarea Philippi and all that it represents. Or the reality of the kingdom of God. So as we are going on the way, as we're faced with what the world has to offer, Jesus still asks us, who do you say I am? How do we respond to that today?